Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Today's topic is why women need to protect their financial future in the event of the unexpected. I'm joined by Ryan Victorian, VP Financial Consultant. Ryan has worked as a financial consultant for 15 years and joined Fidelity in 2013. She works with high net worth families in the areas of investment strategies, retirement planning, and tax-efficient investing. Ryan maintains an in-depth understanding of the financial markets while working to effectively simplify and communicate complex financial concepts. Ryan truly enjoys developing relationships with her clients and working collaboratively with them to help them achieve peace of mind regarding their wealth. This episode was created in collaboration with Fidelity. Thank you, Fidelity, for sponsoring this podcast. This month happens to be Life Insurance Awareness Month, and so I'm so excited to bring back Ryan Victorin. Ryan, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be back. I had so much fun last time, and I think this topic is really, really important, so very, very happy to be here. I'm so excited to see you. We were chatting before we got on, and I could talk to you forever about all kinds of different topics, but today's topic is a little bit more serious. Ryan, as I mentioned, you've been on the show before, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as a financial planner, um, and again, I try to debunk some jargony things as we as we go through this. So I work with clients every day to try to understand what's important to them, the people that matter most in their lives, and of course, the goals they're hoping to accomplish. And I help them really get to organize and build their financial plan to help support everything that is important to them, in addition to some of the most serious topics that we're about to get into today. So that's the day to day for what I do. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. So what is, I'm just going to jump into it because why not, right? What is life insurance and what does term life insurance mean? Can you explain that to me? Yeah. So when we think about really what it is, is trying to plan for the unexpected in your life. And as you can imagine, an unexpected passing of someone. And there we talk about things like life insurance planning a lot. Okay. And when we hear terms like that, even if it's like life insurance planning or financial planning or whatever, our brains immediately go to like numbers and math and quantitative stuff. And a lot of people just like tune out from that. And yeah, you know, a huge part of my job is making the math work. But what I've realized over time in the 15 years that I've done this is that there is a massive qualitative aspect to what I do. When we're thinking about protecting those we love, we get into some heavy stuff and never more so when we ask the question, what happens when I die? And no one really wants to think about this, but that's where life insurance starts to come in to the conversation. And I will get into more of the detail about that. But 
it's just important to acknowledge as well that especially women and especially if you have young kids, it is unimaginable to think about who would take care of them when you're not there. But we want to really try to protect against the financial aspect of that. And so that's where life insurance comes in, comes into play. Yeah. I'm sure most people's eyes glaze over at the mere mention of life insurance planning. Oh yeah. They just check out of the conversation. Again, yes, it's the math, but it is because it's unimaginable that people say, I can't, I can't start to think about that. And, and like, listen, I get it. I have seven-year-old twin boys and it's not something that myself and my husband ever really want to think about. And it's so big and it's so painful that sometimes we say, I'm just not going to do anything. Okay. And the reality is if something were to happen to you, your family would be in the throes of grief and that is inevitable. What you don't want at the same time is for your family to be panicked about finances that is controllable. And the way that we control that is with life insurance. Yeah. How should women, moms, people like us start to even think about this? Like, where do we even begin? Yeah. Often it's where do we begin, but also like, okay, I understand the concept that I need life insurance, but also, okay, but how much? Like that's really kind of the, the, the next natural question. And I think about the following framework for most people, right? So everybody's got a little bit of a different situation, obviously, but I categorize this in three major categories, especially for moms, debt, college, and income replacement. So I'm going to break those down in each one of them. Okay. So the first one is debt. All right. Now I'm thinking about this. I know we're talking about this for moms and it is crucial, but this is really for either, either parent. One is, especially as you know, a financial planner, but what I want to see and just know for my clients is that if something were to happen to one of the two of you, if you weren't in a couple, is that there's enough life insurance, so all debt is wiped out. So think mortgage, student loans, credit cards, car, any sort of debt, a check, gone. The debt is just gone right off the bat. Okay. So that's like option number one. Option number two is, you know, a lot of parents really have college as a major goal for their kids. And so you want to think how many kids do you have and how much would the average cost of college be for that? And so you want to say, okay, debt is paid off and now college is paid for if something happens to me. And those can be actually really quantitative, right? Yeah, definitely. You know what your mortgage is each month or you know what you owe for the rest of it, right? And you could sort of guess more or less what college would cost. Yes. And then, and we have some projections as well so that you can, you know, go online and see it. There's so many different tools out there where you can go and look at that. The third one can be a little bit more qualitative and it's income replacement. And I always tend to use the general number of five years of income replacement for either spouse. And this is where the qualitative stuff comes in. Because when I've sat across the table with my clients, crying with them, going to wakes, doing all these types of things that tends to happen when these really unexpected moments happen, especially if they're a little bit younger and a real, real, you know, surprise, is that the first year after this happens is a fog of grief. And I've had clients say the first couple months, I don't even remember the conversations I had. Like, it's just too much to try to process. So the first year is that fog of grief. The second year, 
you start coming to life again. The third year, you start living your life again. And then I add a two-year buffer on top of that because everybody's a little bit different. And so once five years goes by, that's when things tend to be in the new normal and enough time has gone by so that it's not so, you're not so entrenched in everything anymore. And so that's where if all debt is paid, if college is funded and five years of either spouse's income income replacement or both spouses income replacement is really there. It provides a lot of sleep at night factor to the remaining people. Again, we can't change the grief that they're going to go through. We can wipe the financial concern off their plate. You know, it's wild because I never, I don't know why I never thought of it, but I never thought about the debt and the college to be linked with life insurance. Because in my mind, I always just thought of it as income replacement if anything ever happened to my husband. But like now that you're saying that there are like those three items in total, like that makes so much sense. And actually like it makes me feel better about things. Yeah. You you know, I'm like, gosh, I never thought about that. But if that's what it covers, then yeah, like, okay. Like it seems like to be a, a no brainer. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I don't even know if my husband even sort of realizes all of that. That's a conversation that he and I will have to have this evening together. Crucial. Crucial that both people have an understanding of of all of it. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And and so you were talking about income replacement for both partners. Yes. But what if one partner is working and the other one is staying home with the children? What then? So if the other one has like the way harder job, yeah. yeah. So we <laughs> yeah, have to make one. sure <laughs> What I realized as well, and, you know, again, both as a mom myself, you know, a working mom myself, but also, you know, with my clients, is that if one person is staying home with the kids, it is actually what's allowing the other person to make the income that they're making, right? Almost like one person sometimes takes a back seat, and it could be a temporary back seat, like, okay, I'll watch the kids until they're 12 years old, and then I'll go, you know, kind of resume my my, uh, career again. But you have to realize, let's say in the scenario where like mom's staying home and watching the kids, dad relies very heavily on her for probably everything, you know, everything in terms of the, the, the yes. house. And so he may not be able to work the way that he was before. And so you have to, rather than looking at her income, although I'm, she should be making a massive amount of income to watch the yes. children. It, yes. We want to take a look at what your total monthly expenses are to have dad still be in the same spot. So if if he's the working one, his debt is gone, college is paid for, and he's got five years, you could think of it as his income that replaced it because maybe he can't work. Maybe he's grieving so hard or his children are grieving so hard that he has to be there for them. And so you're buying him a little bit of that time too. And again, if the roles are reversed, mom's working, dad's, you know, a house husband, as they say, it's the same exact thing. So I look at it as a unit as opposed to just the person who's working. I think it's pretty common to look at just the person who's working. So of course, like in every one of my conversations, we cover if something happens to dad, but also mom. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, I'm totally going out on a limb here, but I bet most people only associate it with income replacement. And if a mom is a stay-at-home mom, she's like, well, I'm not working, so I'm not bringing anything in, so why would I need to 
get a policy for me. Yeah. It's the qualitative aspect of she's doing everything, you know, and I'm not saying dads don't do things, but at the same time, she is providing a very valuable resource that she may not feel like has a monetary value, but it is actually the thing that allows him to have a monetary income. There's something very empowering about that. Absolutely. I wish he could get paid, but it's not the way the world works. <laughs> right, exactly. I, <laughs> yeah. I've seen different articles that like, if you could put a number for us to a stay-at-home mom, I think it would be something like $185,000 a year. Oh, it'd if, be an industry with billions. <laughs> worth billions, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was something like that. If you add up all of like the cooking and being a chauffeur and housekeeping and all of that kind of stuff, I think it would be just about 200 grand. So uh, yeah, sure. Give me the money. I'll take that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Written. <laughs> done and yeah. done. Is life insurance expensive? Do you think that is a major hurdle or a barrier to entry? There's a, I, yes, I think there's the, what I would say, a misconception that, that it is expensive, but it's a great question and I have kind of a layered answer to this. So, the, you know, the simple answer is no, okay, it's not expensive, but it does get into the type of insurance that you get. So when we're thinking about the framework I talked about, remember debt, college, and income replacement, given your cash flow, cost is a factor, right? So like you want to make sure that the, number that you have in mind and the cost of the life insurance itself doesn't like change your cash flow to a way where it feels unaffordable, right? So you want to make sure that that's a manageable number. And then so sometimes that does influence the answer of how much you actually get. But there's also, again, I keep coming back to it. The qualitative version of it is you have to think about the cost of not insuring your family, and as opposed to the actual bill of, of life insurance. But of course, there is a premium for it. But when you weigh it like that, you know, the however much it's going to be per year on the off chance that it happens, weighing it in terms of, but what would happen if I don't have this? It seems very, very small comparatively. Yeah. It's something that for a healthy middle-aged person, you're not thinking about every day. But when you hear stories about friends who have lost partners or friends that you've lost in general, you think, gosh, like who's going to look after their family? Like how, how are they going to move on? And, and not only emotionally, but also financially. Yeah. I, I have a friend recently, it's a friend of a friend whose husband had passed unexpectedly and they were just so taken back. And I think people were trying to do some sort of like donations for them and, and to try to get the money to pay for funeral expenses and take care of this, their small children and all of that. And I think it's one of those things where it's like lack of planning, you know, there's like that phrase about lack of planning. And, and so it's just something that we don't think about in the course of our everyday lives. Cause you're just trying to, whether it's like, I don't know, save money for other expenses, but you're not thinking about like, what if I wasn't here to save that money for those other expenses? Correct, right? The reality is, is you've got a whole plan, whether it's a financial plan, it's just a plan, right? It's to go through life with your partner and, and everybody's plan is to make it to a ripe old age, right? And get gray together. But accidents happen, health issues happen, and none of us can foresee when they're coming. 
And it's always saying like, you want to plan for the unexpected, right? I would rather have my clients pay a premium every year and never, ever use their life insurance than the opposite, which is not planning. And then now, you know, just the families in financial turmoil. And it, it can honestly be the difference between either you, you, you're, you have this plan set up and your family will be taken care of financially. Because if you think about that, what I just went through, the debt, the college, the income replacement, that can be a lot of in terms of a payout. Oh my goodness. It's like, it seems like a, a ton. Yeah, it <laughs> be a that's ton, why I right? was so surprised as you yes. were listing those things, the right. calculator in my brain kept going ching, 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 ching. In as yeah. much as like college is very expensive. A mortgage is very expensive. If people have credit card debt, that's very expensive. And so it's more than I think people think that it would be. Yeah. And then, and it's, probably not as expensive as they think it would be given the amount that we're talking about, which is really, and again, you can find this information online as well. The other thing to think about is it's not only that they may not have this influx of assets, it's that by someone passing away and not doing this planning, it could mean we lose a house, bankruptcy, the, you know, default on debt, credit is destroyed. So it's not only like, oh, they they won't have all this money. It's that it could, everything could Devastate fall. you. Oh, I, I think, I mean, this sounds totally morbid, but I'm just going to say it because now we're talking about this anyway. But I think about that kind of stuff with my hu- husband and my family. If, if something, God forbid, happened to my husband, like what would we do? I know now because we we do actually have planning in place, but it is a real concern. My husband actually last year, he had gotten very sick. And it was one of those were one of those times where I was really thinking about that. It's like, gosh, I hope we have everything in place. And, and he is a planner. And so thank goodness for him. And thank goodness that he got healthy and he's fine now. But there was a couple weeks where we weren't really sure what was going to happen. Yeah, that's, that's a really scary time. And I think it's a common time to think, whoa, are we, oh my God, I don't know if we have it in place. And even in that moment, if something happens health-wise, right, it could mean that that major health event, trying to get it, now he's fine, but trying to get it after could be more expensive because now you've had a health event. And so even though you said, you mentioned before, like, you know, you and I are both like young, healthy moms with, with you know, young kids and everything's fine perfect time to go get, you know, some insurance because it's usually based on, you know, how healthy you really are is also tied to your premiums. And so that's a great time to go and, and look at it. And again, it's, it's like that. I think the phrase is something like you don't put a home security system on your house after your house gets broken (laughs) into, right? Like it's the same, it's the same kind of concept, right? So, and, and it's, The other reason I like that framework I mentioned before of the income, the debt, and the college is it can make it quantitative and take it away from like the, oh my God, I can't even fathom what's going to happen. So it's like, okay, debt is X, college is Y, your income is that, done. And like, so you don't even have to kind of almost feel it as much because you can tie the, the numbers to it. So sometimes it makes it a little bit, a little bit easier. Yeah. Is there an exact age, not to put you on the spot for an age, but, but is there an exact age that you should start thinking about this? Cause I, I could tell you when I was 18 years old, that was not the age that I was thinking about it. 
I mean, I think, I don't know about an exact age, but I think about if you are a parent, so if you have a baby, think about it, okay? If you own a home and you have debt, think about it. If you, you know, if you want to send your kids to college, think about it. If you know, like, so it's those types of things. So an 18 year old maybe doesn't have, like, they're just trying to like get into college and like, woo. And that's their concern. But at the same time, as you start to get more of these responsibilities in your life, that's every life event is a way to think about it. So like, again, you get married, you buy a house, you have a baby, you adopt a baby, you know, something changes, you get a second house, whatever it is, like you got to think about those life events are tied to, oh, do I have enough? you know, life insurance in case something happens to me. Yeah. Ryan, it's always such a pleasure to chat with you. What are three takeaways? Give me three takeaways on planning for the future. So one, just do it. <laughs> That's the first one. I, I have to say, you know, just just go out and do it. Two, put it in that framework that we talked about. That's the second one is, is think about the, you know, the debt, the college and the income replacement. And then the third one is if your situation warrants something a little bit different, you have a child with special needs, you've got, you know, different types of things that are part of your picture, or you have significant wealth or something happens and you need more, talk to someone about it. And maybe that should be the number one anyway, is just talk to somebody about it. But either way, we're here, you know, we're here to help. It's what I do to have these, you know, types of conversations. So there's no harm in asking and being informed. How can we find someone we could trust, though? Well, I mean, that's the the sometimes the tough part about it, but also the an objective third party, I think, can be helpful. And because even though, like in your let's say I was talking to you about this and like, you know, I already like love you so much, but at the same time, I'm an, I'm not emotionally tied to your situation. So I can actually very objectively say, here's the math that about it. Here's how we run it within the context of your cash flow and your financial picture. But anytime you're talking to any, you know, professional, you want to see what's their, their designations, their licenses, their like certified financial planner, like that's, that's what I have. And are they held to that fiduciary standard? So hopefully you find someone, you know, that you know, and that you do develop a relationship with. That's what I try to accomplish when I, when I meet with my clients is really get to know them. Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, that's exactly what a client would want is someone that they can go to and say, listen, this is the situation. Help me. Help me help help myself. Yeah. And I always say it's my job to know all this stuff, right? Like it's, you don't have to be an expert in all this. That's why we're here. And there's also, you know, a ton of resources online too. I was going to ask about that too, because let's say the average mom may not be as well-versed or as financially literate as she can be. So like, where can we turn to get more information on this? Yeah. So for life insurance in particular, you can go to fidelity.com slash term life, and you can learn a ton of information about this whole topic and how to think about it um, and get more information, even run a quote for yourself as well. Oh, that's cool. Is there like, like a little quote computer? Yes, all the the, the bots in, in the world created this so that it's a lot easier from a digital experience and it's very fast. I love that. Beep, pop, boop, pop, and then I get my quote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. It's such a pleasure. And, and I really do encourage all your listeners out there to not be afraid of the topic and just 
just go make sure that you're protecting yourself and your family. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's such an important topic because like we said earlier, it's not something that we're thinking about day to day, but when the unexpected happens, we need to be prepared. Yep. It's crucial. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another Modern Mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.